Hello, everybody. Thank you very much for joining in today to Body Ecology Living with me, Donna Gates. You know, our thoughts are so fast, it's hard to catch them. But why do we think a particular thought or feel a particular way in the first place? New science is proving that it is our core beliefs that control our thought patterns, provide fuel for our emotions, drive the chemical changes in our body, and essentially produce our reactions and attractions to the external world. My guest today is Carl Dawson, longtime friend, somebody I've been following his work for years. I'm so excited that he agreed to be a guest um, on our podcast. And he is um, one of only 29 EFT masters worldwide. Over the last 10 years, he's worked extensively to teach thousands of practitioners from all over the globe how to transform their emotional health, to overcome physical and psychological disease by releasing stress and trauma from their energy systems using EFT and matrix reimprinting. Now that might be a new term for you. I think everybody knows EFT by now, but what is matrix reimprinting? Well, Carl has presented at energy psychology conferences worldwide, including the United States, Asia, Europe, and Australia. He was also a presenter at the Hay House I Can Do It conference in London and other large conventions, presenting alongside Louise Hay, Dr. Bruce Lipton, Greg Braden, Dr. Rupert Sheldrick, Lynn McTaggart, Caroline Mace, and other leaders from the self-help industry. He is the co-author of two best-selling Hay House books, Matrix Reimprinting Using EFT and Transform Your Beliefs, Transform Your Life. And that's really the book that we're going to talk about mostly today. Transform Your Beliefs, Transform Your Life. So Carl, welcome and thank you so much for spending your busy time with us today. Hi Donna, wonderful to be with you and talk to you after it's been quite a few years. I know. I was thinking I, <laughs> I was thinking earlier today when it was, and I, I believe it was around two thousand seven that I came over to Atlanta to study with you. And I spent it was five days back then you was doing a five day introduction to body ecology diet and uh yeah, absolutely fascinating. Yeah, yeah. I was so honored that you came. I thought, wow, Carl came all the way from England to study with me and I just knew right away that you were a really special person, that you had true desire to help people and would do anything you had to do to learn and, and make that possible. But, you know, and I also remember at that training that you went through a EFT process with me. I don't remember exactly what it was about, but I, that was my first experience with EFT and opened the door for me. And I know it was valuable. I don't remember what it was about or what changes happened, but uh, it was from then on that EFT started showing up everywhere. And I was so excited. Uh, I remember the session, actually, uh, Donna. It was um, that's probably not a thing to mention on air. Is it okay if I mention what it was about? Yeah, probably so. It was about the, the loss of your father. Wasn't he a fireman? Or certainly he died in a... Her- I know, he was a pilot. A pilot. It was, yeah, he died in a heroic situation, didn't he? As, mm, yeah. And he was quite... He was badly... He was already badly burned, third-degree burns and... Um, but he um, called out for help, and he heard some other men calling out for help, and he um, got to them, and he, um, they pulled him down into this room, and they were scared and panicking, and he calmed them down and, and had them all lie down below the smoke so that they could, you know, they didn't know how to do that, I guess. And he prayed with them, and they got very calm, and then he showed them how to um, tap out the um, 
a message on the bulkhead of the ship that was heard by the rescuers, and they they um, cut down and got all those men out. And uh, but it was, it was the love of my life, <laughs> so it was a really uh, difficult how old time. You? I was seven. You were seven. Okay. So yeah. So I don't. You know, a lot of the stuff I've dealt with in my own. Um, you know, feelings and releasing of stuff really has always gone back to um, the loss of him. Yeah. You know, when something really traumatic happens and it is a life-changing, life-altering event, do you think people can actually clear it or do they tend to clear it in layers? Um, absolutely. It is possible to clear, and that's what we can do with EFT and major extreme printing. Um, the trauma itself is important. What I've found, Donna, over the years, and, and this is what Matrix has helped me understand is, the trauma itself is important, but what's more important is in that moment of trauma, when we feel that powerlessness and that threat to survival, we split part of ourselves off, which matrix reimprinting we call the echo. But what's so important is in that moment, we make a belief, a decision about ourselves and the world. And once that's there, we are amazing at kind of uh, based on that belief of attracting situations that reinforce that belief, we, we create situations and we look for proof of that belief. And um, I know obviously, um, you, historically, you suffered with um, fibromyalgia. And mm, I used to be I've so unhealthy. With, mm-hmm. Absolutely. And what I found um, with you know, literally dozens of people I've worked with, a lot of my close team are um, women who recovered from fibromyalgia that there's always a belief there, for example, that the world's a dangerous place. They're always perfectionists. They're always um, highly driven. And there's usually a degree of um, self, self-worth and self-value issues there. But the, the key thing is, is that belief that the world's a dangerous place. Now, this might you know, come back to this memory of your father, the loss of him and, and the situation. And you, you find that once that belief's there, you know, that's what create so much stress you know you'll find that uh with fibromyalgia that um you know sleep deeply because you know if you once you've got that belief that the world's a little bit dangerous that you can never sleep properly and you never go into the fourth stage of sleep so you're always some degree of fight and flight so you imagine over the years as, as the, the toll that takes on a person and I'm, I'm sure you know with all the work you've done and the the knowledge you have and um you know obviously you've recovered from fibromyalgia and obviously the, the body ecology diet and what you've developed there. Yeah, but, um, you know, I think um, that, that interestingly enough, when I started doing Chinese medicine and going, first I studied, you know, acupuncture for a year myself, but then I, of course, believe in acupuncture, so I go to Chinese doctors and all. And it's interesting because consistently they always point out the weakness and sort of like a core constitutional weakness in my lungs. And um, I, um, I, th- I think that's definitely for sure gotten better over the years, definitely. But, um, but lungs are, are sadness. You know, in Chinese medicine, lungs are sadness. Absolutely. And some of the other diagnostics, the, um, the German medicine, um, lung issues around fear of death conflicts. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a fear, you know, and basically on a biological level, what's happening there is that you get kind of changes in the, um, uh, you know, the, the little bronchioles and the, you know, the tiny little things that, that, that allow you to take on the oxygen. And that's why it's connected with kind of fears that you, you need a, a bigger area to be able to take in the oxygen because that fear that you, you need to breathe, you need to take in oxygen is like a key component of survival. Do you think, though, that, that people become poor breathers because of 
uh, traumas like this? I mean, do they start holding their breath? I have a chance to hold my breath. Absolutely. I mean, there was a lady today, I'm running a course, and there was a lady there with, with asthma, and her father um, had uh, was bipolar, and bipolar is effective, uh, effective disorder. And said as a child, he was so unpredictable, he could fly off in a rage at any time that she felt like she literally couldn't breathe. It's kind of metaphorical, but also um, that's the way she felt. I can't breathe. And that resulted in childhood asthma. So, yeah, there's always a connection between, you know, no disease is an accident. Back in uh, 2006 or seven, when I came to see you, Donna, um, on one side of me, it was thinking it's all about nutrition and diet and toxicity. Then the other side, you know, I'd already found EFT and I was thinking, oh, it's about resolving trauma and uh, changing negative beliefs. And I was kind of jumping between the two sides for quite a while. And eventually it just dawned on me, and it's kind of so obvious, but, you know, um, I was new to the industry. But basically, you know, if you're eating badly, if you're not getting the nutrients and, and normally what you need, if you destroy your gut flora, then, of course, your ability to deal with your life and your traumas, and you're so much more susceptible. I see it as this metaphor like a limbo bar. You know, as your diet and nutrition and um, you, you, you self-medicate, through drugs and alcohol and cigarettes and then of course you, you you get your immune system gets compromised so you end up getting sick and you go to the doctors and all the side effects from medications so that whole bar is getting lower and lower and lower so your ability to deal with your stress and your daily beliefs you know it creates more and more stress so eventually you know you can't get under that limbo bar you knock the bar off and now you're into some serious illness so you know Ultimately, you know, what I've done, I've always been a massive advocate of your work and anybody that I work with, with autoimmune disease, we go and work with their traumas and their beliefs. But I also say you know, it's incredibly important that they do look at rebuilding their immunity. You know, and that way, you know, if you work on both sides, you can really get back to health. Uh, I would absolutely 100% agree with that because it's really, um, I know probably I still have, you know, sadness and stuff around my father leaving because uh, it was so sudden, it was so life-changing. The other thing, too, is, you know, I, I was, now I've had my genes tested, and I really have lots of bad genes, but, you know, I don't, I eat so well that I never express those bad genes, so I'm super healthy. I've gotten rid of lots and lots of physical toxins over the years, and all of that has made, given me a kind of a core happiness, like a core, basically, I'm a happy person with this stuff, so, um, but I noticed that I always know when I'm stuck like when I find everything is more difficult to do and I'm not getting much done and I'm frustrated, there's something there that if I get help, you know, get somebody else to um, do something like you're doing, it's profound. I mean, it just changes, it leaps and bounds you forward in your, in your health, you know, so they're so complimentary. I, I don't think anybody that's just focusing on their health is doing the right thing. They have to add this piece to the picture of the healing picture they belong together absolutely you've got to look at you know the whole holistic side of uh, you know emotional and physical health and uh well, to quote bruce lipton i know we're both huge fans of dr bruce lipton mm-hmm. yeah, he said right. there's there's only three ways you can get sick but one is through physical trauma as in you have an accident you break a bone you break your back or where the signals don't propagate through the body uh-huh. the other two ways are through toxicity you're toxic and, and the you know the systems dealing with all the toxicity and, and the signals are not traveling through the body because of 
you know, it was the the bad foods that we eat, you know, the the, the um the bad oils, the bad the toxic chemicals and all the things that are in the modern day diet. <clears throat> and the third way he says is through belief. Obviously the the title of his book, The Biology of Belief. Mm-hmm. You know, so if you look at those three things, if you've not got a broken bone or you know, something's not actually physically broken, then the only things you can look at is toxicity, you know, what you're putting in the system and the the beliefs, what you're thinking. Mm-hmm. Which are toxic too. Absolutely they are, you know. And um, he also says, you know, basically the you know, thought is a hundred times more powerful as an effect on the body than molecules. You know, so you know, what we think is is absolutely a huge part of, of you know, our issues. And uh, I just find it fascinating that interplay between our issues that we have, the diseases that we suffer from. There's a direct link. There's no accidents here. You know, mm-hmm. um, let's say you can at different diseases and you know why people if you look at autoimmune diseases for example the 120 or 30 you know autoimmune diseases some of the common ones like fibromyalgia and type 2 diabetes and arthritis and crohn's and the body's always attacking itself in some shape or form why should the body attack itself Mm -hmm. you know that's where you pinpoint the belief with fibromyalgia you know it's attacking the joints it's it's, it's, it's attacking the, the muscles what's it doing you know, basically through the tiredness and pain, it's taking you out of society. You know, you can't make those decisions or you won't make those decisions yourself. So, you know, after all these years of all the stress, you know, it takes you, you know, it keeps you in the house. A bit like depression does the same thing. You know, it's the body making changes to adapt to the perception. If it's stressful out there, the body makes changes. No, you can't go out there. No, you're safe. Mm-hmm. You know, and sometimes too, the, there's always a good and some good that comes out of the trauma. I think I know with my father, um, some of the things that happened at the last hours of his death, what he did to save those men. And, you know, I, I've had this little heroin script in me ever since then that makes me feel that our, I want to, you know, help people too. And um, there, and then, so that actually was a positive driving force, you know, to um, yeah. want to change the way, in my opinion, changed my, my, what I settled on because I had such a love for food and healing, but, you know, to change the way the world eats so people can be healthier, emotionally and physically healthy, really probably stems from that first and foremost. You know, the positive yeah. came out of it, but you've got to clear out all the things that hold you back from doing the positive, I think. And that's where uh, your work is so critical. Absolutely. There's an upside and a downside to everything. And absolutely, I see that with all our, our traumas and these beliefs, you know, um, again, through the matrix work, when we go back into these events and you realize everything goes back before the age of six and invariably, you know, back to the, in the womb, the day you was born, you get to see that you know, your whole life purpose gets tied up in systems. Obviously, yeah, a lot of the time we were oblivious of what these beliefs are. But yeah, once we make these beliefs and uh, the new book, um, Transform Your Beliefs, you know, we come to this, this conclusion that I realized a couple of years ago that we all come down to we have one very specific belief that we run. And uh, even 10 years into this work, it was only uh, about a year ago that I found what my belief was. And then a lot of people are, you know, want to realize that, that you know, we have lots of little sub-beliefs and the, the outcomes of these beliefs, you know, the stress that creates things like allergies and pain and disease and relationship issues and, and on and on. But I have this metaphor of it's like a, a bamboo tree. And with a bamboo tree, that's the core issue is the belief. And from that, you get these little things that pop up around the garden 
the, the little roots that come up powerfully. And it seems like there's no connection to the to the main tree, but there is. And the connection is always the belief. So when you talk about, yeah, that decision maybe as a little girl, you know, I want to be like your dad was your hero. And I want to be like daddy. I want to be a hero. And that's what you've obviously done with with the work you do, you know, the, the tireless, endless work you've done for all these decades, Donna, helping other people, you know. It won't surprise me at all if all this originates from that little girl's decision with the loss of your father saying, I'm going to help people just like daddy. Yeah, yeah, probably so. I've, I've thought that often. And um, I do think that there's always the stuff that's still down there, other little beliefs that you're bumping into all the time. So what drew you to EFT to begin with? Did you have your own issues and then explain what EFT is and then explain what matrix reimprinting is? How do we get to that? Okay, so I'll, I'll try to keep this brief because uh, this is things I can talk about for a long while. But yeah, back in 2002, I was going through the dark night of the soul. Everything fell apart. You know, I had a prolapse disc in my lower back, L5 and sacrum. I had, you mentioned, lots of allergies, lots of pain in my knees and neck and shoulders. Absolutely riddled with pain. Um, I was More and more foods I was struggling to eat. My confidence was rock bottom. Once I was in a deep depression, but just life was meaningless. And um, when, when these problems came up with... Um, yeah, I went for tests with uh, bowel cancer and um, I had an endoscopy. And when I went to the doctor with the, the back problems, it was always the same answer. Yeah, yeah, this is what it probably is. We don't know what's caused it. We can't do anything about it. So, so I had to start looking. And I was very lucky that one, I phoned Gary Craig in EFT back in about 2003 and just stood off straight into that. But then also, you know, so 2005, five, six, then came across your work with body ecology. So that, that's, um, that's where it started. EFT, um, of course, it's, it's based on acupuncture, based on Chinese medicine, the meridian system. The difference is it's so quick and easy to learn. I know you started, as you said, um, learning acupuncture. And after a year, that would just be kind of an introduction to uh, acupuncture. To be an acupuncturist, you're looking at three, five, seven years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I quit because I thought, this isn't really what I want to do. And that's how I eventually got to, into the food part. Well, the simplicity of EFT is that the points we use, there's some key points around the, the, the head, the face, the hands, uh, a couple around um, the body, which correspond with organs. And the way I see it is this. When you're traumatized, and I'll go back to this expression of the, of the echo, that younger you, that basically in that moment of trauma when you felt powerlessness and threat to survival, that part of you splits off. So this is a well-known phenomenon across the whole board of, of therapy, whether you're in psychotherapy and the, the idea of parts, um, trauma capsules, to uh, more um, hypnotherapy and, and timeline, where they call it inner child, to soul retrieval. But basically this idea that part of you splits off. Consciously, in that moment, you just remember, you, you process you know, something like 40 bits of information. But subconscious in that moment, processes 14 million bits of information so you hold on to every single thought and feeling what was going on with the autonomic nervous system what was in the meridians everything is held by these echoes and we hold these in our fields and basically the way i see eft works is that when we look at these memories or a life event triggers us back into it that information starts to come back into the body and we re-experience everything we felt which is the most common fear. So maybe for the listeners here, just think of public speaking. Imagine standing up there in front of a thousand people. And if you close your eyes and imagine that, you'll start to experience things. 
Now, different people experience different things and what they're experiencing is exactly what they felt when they were originally traumatized. They re-experienced that. It's kind of a warning. It's like, this is a potentially dangerous situation. And of course, that creates stress. I also see it as, you know, back then, this is what your body did. This is what all your organs, how they behaved. And it, it was per- perceptionally life and death. But you got through it. You survived. The same thing again. If your organs, all that information comes back in and you do the same thing again, you'll get through this event again. You know, so kind of, there's a survival, there's a protection element of this. But of course, a lot of the time when we do this, it's an inappropriate response to our current situation. So EFT we would look at tuning to those feelings. So it's like, oh, this sick feeling in my stomach. We tap on these meridian points as we tuned into these feelings, and it's like we turn off that signal. So when you go back to that memory, you don't feel it anymore. So that was a you know, basic summary of EFT. So it's almost like um, watching a movie, but the movies form your life. And when we first look at the movie, and it could be a horror movie or a sad movie or a traumatic movie, that after we've tapped through these points and all these different elements of that memory, we look at the memory, it has no emotional effect on us anymore. And of course, then that affects how we deal with our lives in the future. With matrix reimprinting, how it differs is if you have the analogy of EFT, be like in watching a movie and changing your relationship to that movie, matrix reimprinting would be like watching a play and being the director of the play. There's a realisation in Matrix that when we split these parts off, it creates this, this hologram in our fields. It actually gives us um, the ability to step into this memory. And it's almost like stepping through a portal into a quantum dimension where you can actually communicate directly with these echoes. So this is not a new phenomenon. It's well known in lots of different therapies. But what we bring to this is the, the ability to tap on these echoes to actually resolve the trauma which happens very, very quickly when you work directly with these echoes, these young use, it allows the echo to move through that trauma. In our subconscious minds, you know, whilst consciously these events are over and done with, on a subconscious level, there's still current events ongoing, and that you know, is how we perceive um, on a subconscious level in our lives. So once we've gone and allowed these echoes trauma, we find out what the belief decision was that was made that day. And then that allows us to change that perception. So as a simple example, it might be original memories, um, the issues with a person that they believe that they're stupid. And they go back to this specific memory that's seven years old and the little girl's trying to do her homework and dad's getting impatient and shouting at her. And of course, creating more and more stress and she just shuts down. And dad says, oh, you stupid girl. So we'd go into that point We'd tap the little girl to move her through that trauma. We'd tap on the father to calm him down. We'd recreate this as the director of this play where dad's now saying, oh, you're a clever little girl, let me help you. And that's what then becomes a new subconscious memory. If you just imagine this being different, it makes no difference because it's a conscious act. But actually when you step into the matrix and you change it in this dimension, then we can actually you know, change what happens on a subconscious level so now um, you know, that person has that one memory. Now, of course, we might have to go to you know, quite a few memories, depending on what the belief is, to actually you know, create a critical mass of, uh, if you've been running a pattern for a long time, then there could be lots of memories and, and lots of beliefs in there. 
But if, if we go and methodically you know, just go and change the key memories, then it changes our belief systems. You know, we come out of stress and the body's digital, it's in heal and grow or in stress. When you start working with somebody, do they come to you with a problem? They might say, I'm so frustrated, I'm doing everything right, I just can't seem to create prosperity in my life, or whatever, I'm, you know, I have self-worth issues, and, and I don't know where they come from, can you help me clear that? Or do you discover where the trauma began? Yeah, they always come with an issue. They don't come with, uh, you know, I've got some childhood memories I'd like you to sort out for me. They come in with, I've got pain, I've got an illness, I've got a relationship problem, uh, I've got, you know, procrastination. I can't seem to move forward in my career. You know, the whole gamut could be you know, playing golf. It could be. Um, so that's where you come, you know, from that starting point. But that's a fascinating thing. You know, we've developed very simple techniques within the FC matrix to get from you to actually where the problem lies. For example, um, if you thought of an issue yourself, Donna, uh, you said maybe you said that you push yourself all the time and, you know, you have no time for yourself that you're just constantly trying to get your work out there and help people. Yeah. Yeah. Because what, there's always a project behind a project behind a project and I want to get them done. Yeah, absolutely. So just, you know, for example, if you just, you know, somebody's asked you to do something and you think I'm not going to do that. Just think about that. What does it make you feel in your body when you imagine no, I'm not going to do that? That I can't help somebody. <laughs> there, there, there's somebody out there that I would help if I did it and if I don't do it I can't help them and where's the emotion of that Donna where do you feel that in your body when you think of that oh hmm, let's see maybe stomach maybe okay and what's that feeling like in your stomach Donna? just like a, t- a tightness it's a tightness in mm, your stomach yeah like a, a gripping at the top of my stomach like a gripping tightness mm-hmm. in your stomach mm-hmm. okay Gripping tightness, does it have a colour to that gripping tightness in your stomach? Color, what would the colour um, be? Hmm, yellow, maybe? <laughs> I don't know. It's yellow, okay. What would be the emotion of that gripping yellow tightness in your stomach? If it had an emotion, what would that be? Just whatever comes uh, to mind. Just, just a stressful, you know, feeling of stress. It's just a stress, yeah. Stress, yellow, gripping. Just without thinking about it, just tell me. An earlier time you felt that in your life. How old would you be when you felt that before? Just what age comes to mind? Mm. Well, probably years, you know, the years after my father died, they were very stressful. So probably from that, yeah. Okay. I was left with a very dysfunctional mother and she was very miserable and she had a right to be, but it was difficult for her and everybody, all, all my brother and sister. Also. No, okay. So you, mm-hmm. you're doing a bit of a um, kind of a head analysis now. Just tell me how old you would be when you felt that. Seven. Seven. Where would you be when you're seven years old and you're feeling that? Just tell me where you'd be. You'd be at home, you'd be at school. Yeah, I seem, I seem to be. <laughs> the memory that comes up is the house that we lived in, that we moved to after he died. Okay, can you see yourself in the house that day? Mm-hmm. Yep, I can. And what's that day in the house? that specific day um i think i think it's so silly i think i wanted my mother to play with me you know spend some time and talk to me and you know do something with us and um she was always just sitting in the chair like a zombie reading magazines just decorating magazines she she uh, loved to do that and you know she wouldn't do anything with us and i don't know maybe maybe from that i'm not sure that's what comes up okay no that's perfect okay if you there's another time you felt old or younger, we felt the same feeling. How old would you be? And don't think, just tell me. Mm, 
when I was punished by my mom and dad for running around the <laughs> grocery store and making, they told me, my mother told me not to, and I kept doing it anyway. How old are you in this moment, uh, Donna? Probably just soon before that and soon before my father died. You know, the, all, it's all happening in the same time frame. Okay, you can see yourself, you're there running around. And another time, you could be older or younger. How old would you be? Just whatever comes to mind. What age would you be? And another time? Yeah. Um, I don't remember any stressful time before that because, oh, well, wait, the funeral. That was stressful. <laughs> well, I didn't go to the funeral. They buried him, and then they took us to the grave, and they said, okay. um, here's your dad. He's buried here, and that was stressful. Okay. Too. That, but before that, I actually had – I was this real cocky – uh, happy kid that thought I owned the world, and okay. so before that, I really didn't have a lot of stress. I don't, th- I don't remember it anyway. Right, you keep saying the word stressful, yeah, but you know it's how you reacted to these various situations. So that that could be maybe something that stresses you in life, and, and why you push yourself hard. That you know, giving yourself value for what you you know, feeling valued. You know, that, so there's a mixture there of, of like you know, like father wanting to uh, help people and be a hero, but also you know, giving yourself value by helping people this becomes your self-worth and your self-value because as a little girl, you, you, you know, there's times when you didn't feel that. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. So you less what you And know. I think like many, many people, so many of my girlfriends and all, all of us have these conversations that, um, that what holds us back when something's holding us back, it, it's always a core issue of self-worth. Like somehow you got the message that you're not uh, valuable. No, absolutely. And, you know, the first page of Louise Hayes' book, you know, all of our core belief is that, you know, we're not good enough in some shape or form, but we make it mean a lot more specific than that. You know, this is this is about your self-worth in the, you know, it, it, it's a bit different. It's more specific than that general term of not being good enough. I mean, everybody on the planet, you know, say in some shape or form, not good enough. But this is more specific to you, Donna, you know. And I say, you know, this is maybe what, you know, what drives you. So, again, that double-edged sword that you, you talk about, the upside and downside. The upside is, you know, um, all the amazing work placed on, you know, over, the, over the last few decades with the body ecology diet. Um, but the downside is, you know, you, you just keep pushing yourself endlessly. And, you know, where's the time for Donna? And, and you know, that could be, uh, you know, if you've, uh, and I can certainly identify um you know, hopefully I'm not projecting here, but I can certainly uh, you'll see that within the work I do. You know, I'm, I'm so focused on, on what I do. And, you know, we were talking previously just before we came on, on air that, you know, we we just can go weeks and weeks and weeks and we do nothing. But there's always something else to do in the work. You know, we're passionate about it. But, you know, we should you know, find some balance as well, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's one of the principles of body ecology is the principle of balance. And I'm quite aware that I'm not following it all the time. I do with food, but not with other aspects. Well, of we, we teach best what we need to learn. That's the case, isn't it? <laughs> so, so do you think, okay, so now we've defined my issue. And so would I then take the matrix re-imprinting and go back to that time and clear it? Or just talking me through it right now has already made me, <laughs> though my stomach feels better already. Um, no, absolutely. You know, just finding the memories is one thing, but that's not going to change anything. You, you can go and find it, you know, through through many means. We would then go into each of these memories and we would work specifically with each of these echoes. And um, what I was just trying to get is how we, we find the actual beliefs. But then once we kind of pinpoint what it is, we know what we need to go in there. Uh, and we just get them, little Donna, to go and be able to, you know, the opposite of the belief, where she did feel valued and uh, important. And that's what we'd look at changing. 
you know, so you know, I just use this as an example of um, with yourself, but it, it could be somebody comes in with pain or a phobia or an allergy. Um, we can use the energy of that. You know, all these things have energy. When I talk about energy, I'm talking information. And that feeling, you know, think of um, think think of a phobia. And, and often, I'll give you an example of this. There was a lady I worked with a few years ago who had an incredibly intense fear of flying. And she had no idea where it came from. For much of her life, she was absolutely fine. Never had a bad flight, but then had this fear of flying. So we tuned into the energy, and it, it took her back to 9-11. And watching that, she was Spanish, lived in the UK, but saw it on television. And that was the root of it. Oh, sorry, but that was um, the where the flying became a problem. But we then asked her, where does it go back to? And one of the techniques is once we have these these echoes, when we go and work with a specific echo, we ask the echo itself where to go back to. And it took her back to a memory. She's six years old. And she's sat there in at home on her own. There's like a bay window. And dad's gone to get mother from the hospital. And dad comes back a while later and he's carrying mum's things. He comes in the house and says to the little girl, <clears throat> excuse me, says to the little girl, mummy's um, with the angels. Now we're going to be coming home again. And of course, that's usually traumatic. And when I asked the lady, what's the belief that connects these together? And she said, I know what it is. People will die unexpectedly. And also the connection with kind of flying and angels and, uh, and the 9-11. <laughs> Oh, wow, yeah. and that's what the subconscious does it, it connects these these events together this is why as you get older we kind of globalize these these uh, these beliefs and these events and if you notice uh, unless you do work um donna you know the vast majority of people who don't do any work you know as you get older you think you'd be better equipped to deal with life situations but it's not the case you know things get worse it gets harder because we have this kind of globalization of the subconscious that we end up with these, you know, phobias that get completely out, completely out of context from where they started and get, you know, huge phobias or you know, depression and anxieties. But, you know, you can always tune into the energy of even things like, like depression. Very unique. You know, one person, it might be a, a feeling like there's all the energy from the body. Somebody else might be like a big ray shape in the body. But you can tune into that information and very quickly, as I did with you, take that from that down to specific events, look at a series of events, and you'll always find a belief that connects them all. And then once you've got that, then we'll go in there and start to resolve these memories and change that belief and that perception. Well, I'm going to come over there to England and have you clear that one to me. Um, I want to ask you, though, about this mind-body connection because, you know, everybody hears that mind, there is a connection between the mind and body, and um, they intellectually, I think, get it, but they don't really get anything below that. Like, they don't have a real sense, really, what that means. Um, you just said something that reminded me as people, I mean, I'm sure that this all this stuff we're holding on to, all these other emotional toxins that we collect throughout our life and these beliefs are very much causing us to age. And as you said, instead of getting older and wiser and letting things go, we don't let them go. But um, it also reminded me when you said that, that another thing, for example, that happens to women um, and men too, but, but especially to women, is that they, um, they get estrogen dominant. They're not producing healthy estrogen, but they're producing too much of the wrong kind of estrogen. And then that makes them um, produce more serotonin. Too much serotonin makes you depressed. And so now you've got these early life beliefs that you've been holding on your entire life, uh, nagging at you way back in the subconscious mind. And then 
you've got physical stuff happening too, uh, like that. Because when with a high serotonin, people um, like that, they, they want to withdraw from the world. They want to stay in their pajamas all day and not go out and do anything fun. And you think, well, that's just how old people get. I mean, I'd love to get your opinion on, on how we would age if we cleared all this stuff. And then also a little bit more about the mind-body connection. Is there anything particularly that you'd want to use as an example or explain to us to help us understand the mind-body connection? Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, what we're saying about you know these chemical changes, the serotonin levels, everything. You know, the body's an amazing chemical factory. When, when somebody has you know the, the, the chemical levels, you go to a doctor and they'll say, okay, you're depressed because your chemicals are out of balance. It's like, you know, why is it out of balance? And that's you know, back to what I'm saying is the body's adapting to this stress and perception. So, like with fibromyalgia, um, with the the, the body what's the body doing you say it's, it's trying to get you under the duvet covers and stay there and not leave the house not leave the bedroom because it, again it's you know it's the stress of being out there so again different people would have different stresses you know with, with the mind-body connection um yeah it's amazing with modern medicine you know you've got Merck's manual for example with all the the hundreds and hundreds of diseases uh, in each, most of the diseases, you know, they will tell you, this is what's wrong with the body. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to cause, and it's a, a huge percentage, the cause unknown. I mean, it's kind of obvious, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, modern medicine, based on Newtonian science, it looks at the body as a, you know, as, a, as a machine. So you go to the doctor and they look at the, the stomach or they look at the throat or they look at the brain or they look at the eyes or whatever it is. They don't look at the whole system. They don't look at you know, your work, what's going into the system, what's the toxins. They don't look at, you know, um, my side of things, you know, what's the beliefs, what's the traumas, what's the creating the, the problems. How many times do you hear a doctor say that's stress related? I mean, you know, a vast amount of diseases this day, what's stress? Stress is about going to fight and flight. You know, when you go into fight and flight, it changes just about every single bodily system, you know, from uh, cognitive behavior, you know, the blood is squeezed from the frontal cortex, and you go into the reptilian brain, so your cognitive abilities, you know, anybody that's done an exam will know that. You go into the exam, first question, what's your name? Oh, my name, what's my name? And, and like another stressful thing is your stomach gets real tight. <laughs> Just have, when well, I started well, remembering stress. Well. Yeah, that, that's a big yeah, one. The digestive tract shuts down right away. Digestive shuts down, absolutely. The, the uh, reproductive organs, when you're stressed, you know, too well. Men, you know, have erectile problems. Women have fertility problems. Um, the immune system shuts down. You know, when, when the body is perceived to be under threat, that the cells will seal up. They'll hold on to um, toxins. So you become more toxic, and they won't take on proteins. The building blocks you know, to to replenish the cells. Um, the um, all, all the the blood costs are measured muscle groups. So, you, you know, it's, it, it's hard work on the heart, so you can end up with palpitations, high blood pressure. I mean, it's just so obvious, isn't it, Donna? And the thing is, is, you know, why are you reacting like this? And it's just basically how you're perceiving and reacting to your environment puts you into some degree of fight and fly. If you keep doing it for long enough and you can't get out of it, the body will make these changes. So to me, that's, you know, the simple answer of the mind-body connection. And again, back to our hero, Dr. Bruce Lipson, you know, his old book. For anybody that's not come across Bruce Lipson, you just, just read the biology of belief. Uh, it explains it perfectly on a biological level. It's not about the genes and how the genes are reacting. It, it's about how the cells react to the external environment. Mm, the epigenetics, yeah. Well, do you read 
do remember a time after we met, we, because, you know, I was working with the, uh, very closely working with a lot of families with autism, and we got, yes. we did a phone call where we got a bunch of the moms on the phone, and you were, worked with a woman um, through her uh, her beliefs. It's so interesting because, you know, she was, her boy, you know, first of all, we're all on the phone together on a conference call, so you couldn't see each other, but you could so tell the changes that were happening in her through her voice and she went from being this kind of mousy you know uh, kind of you could hear fear in her voice actually I thought and then you started working with her and she changed amazingly so and what came out of that was um you know guilt guilt that's what I wanted to bring up because so many parents of children with autism guilt is hugely paralyzing for them and and this woman had that that guilt and you begin to work through her with her through that and she changed right there it was just extraordinary to me and then I began to really feel that a major part of this recovering kids from autism really has to be this kind of work too with the mothers we weren't even working with the child um absolutely do you do you want to I know because we're running out of time do you have a really fantastic story that uh, you would want to share with us, uh, showing how effective matrix uh, is the matrix printing really is. Um, or do you probably have a billion, <laughs> lots of stories? Yeah, Donna, we, we've got, um, through hundreds of examples of some great ones in the, in the new book. Um, just one from recent, uh, course, just a week or so ago, two weeks ago, Donna, we had, I did a course and there was a, um, an Indian lady on the course and one of her issues was high blood pressure. Now, during the course, she works with several memories um, that she, she'd kind of blocked out, as we do with these, these early traumas. We create amnesia and we completely block these memories out. But these memories came up to the surface of being sexually abused by a family member when she was very young. She um, got some resolution with these memories through EFT and Matrix. And then um, she, she didn't really mention anything about um, her issues with blood pressure until after the course. I was at the airport waiting to fly out to Bulgaria and she called me and said, I've got to tell you this. When I was on the course, I decided to stop taking the medication, which was her choice. We would never comment on taking medication. And she said, I went to the doctor today because I knew I was just feeling so much better. And I was on blood pressure medication because previous visits to the doctor, my blood pressure was 170 over 120. I'm not taking medication for a week, and my blood pressure now is 120 over 80. It's perfectly normal. The doctor was absolutely amazed. He said, how have you done that in one week? Especially, you know, having come off the medication as well. And it was just as simple as that, you know, having resolved these big traumatic memories and the, the belief and, the, you know, the effects on the body, you know, you really start to heal almost miraculously. I'm not saying everything we do is just, you know, a few taps here and there and everything goes away. But when you go to these specific memories and really start to resolve these traumas, you know, some magical things do happen. And that is a perfect example of a mind-body connection. You cleared it in her belief system and her body immediately responded. That's brilliant. Well, where can people find out about fine courses? Where can they find a practitioner, EFT matrix practitioner, so they can get help? Because I think everybody would... I don't think there's probably anybody that doesn't have things to clear, whether they're high functioning or really depressed. And or oh, absolutely, parents. I mean, I love in your book you've got a whole chapter on conscious parenting. That's a powerful 
chapter. And then you've also got one on managing pain, handling stress, anxiety, and depression, uh, recovering from abuse, loving your body image. Who, do, who, who loves their body unless they're gorgeous? And then <laughs> achieving our goals, creating a life beyond belief. It's, it's a wonderful book. I mean, even if you just skipped to that part of it, but, and then decide to go find a practitioner. But what, where do people, how can they get to the courses and find an EFT practitioner to get help? Okay, the easiest way, matrixreimprinting.com. That, that's the, the home of matrix reimprinting. We have uh, I've got around 25 matrix trainers worldwide. So you know, there's, we've got um, three or four very good ones in, in the US, um, a few in California. Uh, we've got uh, two up in Canada. We've got them in Australia, South Africa. You know, quite a few. You know, all the different languages like Spanish and French, German. So you can find out the various courses worldwide there. Also, a list of practitioners across the world. Yeah. Does somebody have to? Um, well, probably they don't have to go to a course unless they want to be a practitioner, right? Or the courses are actually for helping people get help. Uh, you know, help for their issue in, during the course, or the course is a training course for practitioners, I guess is my question. Um, well, basically, the courses, I have people that come for self-help. I've had a lot of people with things like fibromyalgia and they just came for fibromyalgia. They, they, actually, many of them went on and became amazing practitioners. Um, uh, yeah. yeah, just something about you. I just I love women with fibromyalgia. You know, once they get over the, the health issues, I mean, they're just these amazing women that are just so, you know, Intelligent. I'm not, you know, just. Oh, I know. Believe me, Imagine if you could so use many. it. Imagine yeah. women that can't get pregnant or couples that can't get pregnant and they found a practitioner and work with them and see what might be blocking that too. I think that's amazing. What, what, um, so do you have to actually be with a practitioner? Can they work with you over Skype if, you know, you live in New York and they're in California? Or? Absolutely. All, all the top practitioners work over Skype as well. So you can find somebody close to you. If not, just work over Skype, you know. So uh, the practitioners work with people all over the world. And um, so, yeah, matrixreimprinting.com, you'll find all the courses happening worldwide and also all the practitioners. And say, so, as you said, you can work over Skype. And it's not like, you know, kind of some distance healing. I mean, there's very little difference between face-to-face -face session and a Skype session. You know, the, the client taps on themselves anyway. And, you know, it's just all the same protocol, basically. So that makes no difference. Then, of course, the, the book, Dono, is available um, Amazon.com and in Amazon.co.uk. So you, you can get the book. And there's a lot of information there, as you said, you know, the basics. We've had people who've just picked up the book, read through it, and started working on themselves. It's always going to be better working with somebody else, even if you're swapping with a friend who you both read the book, and obviously ideally with a practitioner. But just reading the book, you, it's a huge amount of information there, and, you know, all the knowledge is there. And it's not just a taster. I mean, literally, you can actually read the book and apply these techniques well, you've done extraordinary work helping people all over the world, and now everybody knows my motivation, what, what inspired me to uh, be someone who helps people get healthier. And what, what was, what, do you, have you ever explored that in yourself? Like, what's motivating you to do this amazing work? And, and look where it's gone. I mean, thousands and thousands of people are benefiting from it now. And so where did that, that desire in you to help come from? I think like yourself, Donna, it's that kind of, um, from, I had a spiritual experience when I was 21, and from that point onwards, I was always searching, and um, you know, it kind of led me in directions, and it kind of in retrospect, you kind of look back on your life, and you see everything you've done kind of led you to what you do, um, you know, um, 
it's just, I don't know. It's, it's just, it just, yeah, it becomes a passion. It seems like, you know, this is uh, what you was here to do. And you've got, just got to do your best to get it out of the world and help as many people as possible. Uh, you know, so, totally relate to so much of what you said about, you know, your own journey with, with the therapist. You know, in, in both of our cases, it's our own illnesses that led us to, uh, you know, to develop what we've developed and to, you know, find the answers that weren't there. You know, certainly when you go to the, um, the health system. So, you know, we had to find our own ways of getting better and, um, you know, I think there's probably a lot of people listening to us right now, Carl, that they're in that same place, too, that maybe they can take their trauma. I, I would hope that they would take their trauma and their physical pain and suffering and um, overcome it and then turn around and help others like your practitioners have done, for example. So this has been a very personal podcast. I've certainly never done one like this before. And, uh, you know, I feel like I've revealed a lot of stuff about myself, but I, I, I that's fine with me. I um, hope it helps people. <laughs> I, I know you're very open, Donna, and I thought you wouldn't mind. <laughs> I just can't thank you enough, Carl, for spending this much time with us. It's been a George speech. I hope the listeners have enjoyed our chat. Have a wonderful day. Lots of love. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.